Hey, what's up, you guys? This is Bert. I'm the lead pastor at True North Community Church. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. I'm going to have a little something to say to you at the end, but for now, let's dive in. All righty, this is our fourth and final week in a message series called How to Be Rich. So we're not talking about how to get rich. We spent, you know, everyone spent enough time doing that. Uh, if you've been with us for any of the last three Sundays, uh, perhaps you've joined us in having a small paradigm shift. I've been approached by a few of you in the lobby. A couple more of you have emailed me and just shared that, man, this, this teaching, this stuff has, has changed the way you see your life. And the cool thing about that is, you don't even have to be a Christian for this to make sense. In fact, you don't need any faith at all to share this paradigm shift. What we've learned over the last few weeks is we're rich. We're rich. Trouble is, we don't feel rich. So we're, we're, we're figuring out this dichotomy. How come we don't feel rich if we are rich? The big reason is we never learned how to be good at being rich. Most people spend so much time and so much effort chasing the idea of getting rich, it's never occurred to them when they might cross the line and become rich. It's never occurred to them, many people, how to be rich once they get there. So we've been talking a little bit, and if you weren't here, or maybe you, you, you missed it, or maybe if today's your first time ever, what we kind of talked about over the last three Sundays is simply this, at minimum wage, if you have a full-time job at minimum wage, you are in the top 5% of the world's wealthy. 95% of the planet envies your lifestyle at minimum wage here. That's where it is. That's the math. And if you've made it all the way to $50,000 a year, 5-0, 50K a year, the average salary of the average American worker all the way from the mailroom to the executive suite, Everybody, the average aggregate of all full-time workers is hovering right around $50,000 a year. If you make it to 50K a year, you are in the top 1% of the world's wealthy. That's the math. That's where it is. So these verses in the Bible that talk to wealthy people, we always thought they were for somebody else, but they're not. They're for us. We spent a lot of time thinking about how to get rich. We've never spent any time th thinking about how to be rich. And as a result, most people who are rich don't prioritize outward-bound living. They don't prioritize generosity, and so they never discover the best part about being rich. And the best part about being rich is being able to bless somebody else. The best part about being rich is being able to help someone else in their life. And we miss that because we're inward-focused. So we've been talking a little bit about how to correct this. We've been talking a little bit about how to prioritize generosity. To say, I want, I want this to be front and center. I want this to be something that matters to me. Because the truth is, if we don't prioritize generosity, we end up giving God the leftovers. And that's where we've been, a lot of us. So, we're trying to correct some of this. We're trying to think differently about life. We're trying to ponder how you and I can operate differently and have a different mindset because the truth is if we don't prioritize generosity it'll never it'll never happen now I know right about now it gets a little tense in the room right about now and this the stakes are high for this message I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday the stakes are a little high for this message like they're up if I get this right we'll understand something if I don't we'll, we'll miss it and this is where we've been for the last three weeks we've been parked in some verses in first Timothy we're not going to revisit those verses again but to summarize, 
the Apostle Paul is talking to his young disciple Timothy. And he's instructing Timothy about how to talk to the rich people in his congregation. And what Paul says to Timothy is, Timothy, tell them, tell them not to be arrogant. Tell them not to lean into their wealth. Tell them not to trust in their money as their, their, their fortress. Let them lean into God and tell them to have faith in God. And do all this so that they may experience true life. There's something you may never have seen in that scripture before that you may never have picked up. The Apostle Paul, when he talks to Timothy about these people in his church, these wealthy people, all of us, he says, I don't want something from you. I want something for you. I don't want something from you. I want something for you. I want for you to experience true life. Now I want to say something before I say another word. I understand that there's real struggle in the room. I just want to acknowledge that. There's real struggle in this room. Some of you aren't making minimum wage. And some of you make minimum wage, but you can't get 40 hours a week. So the struggle is real, and the pressure is real, and you feel this. And when I say you're rich, you're not resonating with that because, because, because there's all this financial pressure. I just want to acknowledge that, totally get it. I'm not saying that there isn't struggle. What I am saying is that struggling on Long Island is way different than struggling in Haiti. Struggling on Long Island is way different than struggling in India, way different than struggling in sub-Saharan Africa or in China or in most of South America or any other place on the map where you could throw a dart. Even in our struggles, we're very, very blessed. So when the Apostle Paul writes this letter to Timothy and he talks to Timothy about how to talk to the rich people in the room, even those of us who struggle, he doesn't want something from us, he wants something for us. And if you're here today, this is why the stakes are up. If I do my job right, you'll leave here understanding God doesn't want something from me. He wants something for me. This church doesn't want something from me. This church wants something for me. Pastor Burke doesn't want something from me. He wants something for me. And this is truth. I want for you to experience true life. And if you're ever consuming and ever empty the way most people live, you'll never experience true life. You'll spend your whole life trying to get rich when you already are, and you'll never learn how to be rich. And that would just be a tragedy. So yeah, it gets a little tense right now. Anytime you talk about money, it gets a little tense. Somebody's here for the first time today, and you're here, and you're like, see, I knew it! Knew you were going to talk about money. Every time I go to church, the church talks about it. And the fact is, we never talk about money around here very much at all. But for you, that's not true. For you, you 100% of the time, we talk about money because it's your first day. And I get it, but I'm not going to apologize because the honest truth is you might need to hear this. And if you don't, I've said this each week, if you don't trust this organization, your guard is up, you think I'm trying to get something from you, then you go give your money away someplace else. Put these things into practice and watch them work. So yeah, it's a little tense. It was tense too for the children of Israel. What we're going to do now is we're going to drop into the middle of a conversation a very tense conversation between God and the children of Israel. Have you ever, have you guys ever, um, have you ever like walked into a room where two people were having a very heated conversation and you knew instantly you should leave the room? Has that ever happened to anybody? Yeah, you walk into the break room and you know, just like at work or someplace, you know, and you walk in and there's two people just like, they're, they're, they're talking and you can just tell the tone, like the body language is all wrong and, and you open the door and they both go, you know, and you're like, 
I'm just going to get my yogurt. I'll just be a second. I'm sorry. Like you're, you know, uh, it's like that with the, the conversation we're about to drop into. We're about to drop into a very tense conversation between God and the children of Israel. Specifically intervening here is the prophet Malachi. This is the book of Malachi, chapter 3, beginning at verse 7. Ever since the days of your ancestors... You've scorned my decrees and failed to obey them. Now, return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Ever since the days of your ancestors, so like you, your fathers, your grandfathers, your great-grandfathers, ever since the days of your ancestors, you've been disobeying me, you've scorned my decrees. Now, this is, this is the God of the Old Testament speaking, right? So there's a little bit of, whoa, like what's going to happen next? Uh, you know, this sentence could have been finished a couple of different ways. This could have been, for, you know, for generations you've scorned my decrees and now comes the hellfire and brimstone. Here comes, here comes the noise, ready? Here comes the, the, the earth swallowing a bunch of you up. Here comes pestilence and plague. Here comes locusts and invading armies and, 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 and all kinds of other stuff. Like, this is, this is the God of the Old Testament. It's the same God as the God of the New Testament. But as God reveals himself to us in the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant, there's a lot of that wrath stuff happening. But that isn't what happens. The second half of this sentence is not damnation and scorn. It's an invitation. It's not for generations you've been... You've been disobeying me and scorning my principles and now here comes the punishment it's for generations you've been ignoring me now return to me come back return to me and I will return to you and the children of Israel very predictably say what do you mean return to you how can we return to you we haven't left we didn't go anywhere duh which God anticipates. The very next verse says this. But you ask, how can we return when we've never gone away? Every once in a while I like to superimpose tone on the Bible. I don't know if God, God probably didn't say it that way, but you know, like, I just feel, come on, don't you feel like God could be a little bit sarcastic sometimes? Doesn't, don't you think God has a little bit of Long Island in him? I, I feel like he, he probably does. But you say... How can we return to you? We haven't left. We didn't go anywhere. And here's where it gets tense. It's a little tense right here. Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, who are we robbing you? In the tithes and offerings due to me. That's how you're robbing me. You're robbing me. Return to me. Come back to me. How can we return to you? We haven't left. You think it's okay to rob me? What are you talking about? Rob you. How could we rob you? The whole earth is yours. The globe is yours. We were breaking into the temple and stealing the money from the temple. Actually, as a matter of fact, that's exactly what you're doing. You're robbing me in the of the tithes and offerings due to me. Now, sidebar issue here, and this is, might be a whole other sermon we're not ready for. Tithes and offerings are two different things in the Bible. 
The tithe is the first tenth that we return to God. You don't give a tithe. You bring it. You return it to God. He claims it as his. Offerings happen after tithing. It's a whole other concept we haven't got to yet because we've we got to get tithing covered. But that's, you're robbing me in the tithes and offerings due to me. That's how you're robbing me. And then God goes further. You're under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. So this tense, this is, this is a tense conversation. And here again, you just feel like we're right on the edge of hellfire and brimstone. Like we're right on the edge of, now I'm going to show you. Now I'm going to punish you. Now I'm going to bring correction. And you should have listened when I told you the first time, but that's not how it goes. That isn't what God says. He, he wants something for his people. God wants something for these people. Listen. Listen to what he says next. Bring all the tithes. Bring. Don't give. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there'll be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I'll pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. Try it. The direct quote from the Bible, two words, try it. We've been talking about tithing the last couple of weeks, talking about this, this tithing challenge thing that we're doing, right? Try it. We're asking you, step out in faith, try it. Step out in faith and honor God. Step out in faith and take a risk. This is what he says. This is the only time in the Bible God says, test me. Put me to the test on this one. It's the biblical equivalent of the triple dog dare. Slight breach of etiquette there, skipping the double dog there. That's what happened, okay, right here in the scriptures. Seriously, nobody got that? Come on, don't let me walk in discouragement. Let me know when you, come on, all right, anyway, all right. So, it's the biblical equivalent of the triple dog. I triple dog dare you. Test me in this. Try me in this. Watch what happens. But to do that, we're going to have to li live differently. We're going to have to prioritize things differently. So I'm going to give you a little object lesson. And I'm going to invite my lovely assistant, Jordan, to join me on stage. And Jordan is going to invite her lovely assistant, Joe, to join her on stage. Jordan and Joe just got married last month, so let's clap it up for them right now. Yeah. Good deal. And what we're going to do is give some of you pie. Is everybody, anybody here want to eat some pie? It's not too early. Who wants a piece of pie? For real, I'm not kidding. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. This, this pie, we got apple, looks like apple, right? Yep. This apple pie represents what you earn in a month. This is your monthly income. With me? Joe, you want some pie? Yeah, you do. Okay, so this is what you earn in a month. Okay, so you get paid, you got your monthly income. First thing that happens when you get paid, honestly, is you pay your rent or your mortgage, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got you to live somewhere, pay your rent, mortgage. That's the first slice of the pie. Gone. Okay, you got forks? Perfect. Okay, and then, yeah, so I don't spill them. Well, that's that's good. That's good. That's smart. <laughs> Last service, I spilled the forks all over the floor. It was perfect. Okay, so uh, the first, first piece of the pie, rent. And then the second piece of the pie is your car payment. Got to have a car payment. Some of you have two car payments. We're going to assume it's just one for the point of our, uh, our uh, illustration here. Car payment goes out next. And then 
You got your student loans. Got to pay those student loans off. Bam, out you go. Next piece of the pie. And then after that, you got to, I almost forgot. That should have gone, for, you should, you got to pay your taxes. Right? You got to pay your taxes. Everybody knows we're on Long Island. We're paying taxes. That, that comes out automatically. That piece of the pie, gone. Right? Out the door. And then you're going to pay your credit card bills because you went shopping. <laughs> Bam, credit card bills out the door. And then, then you're going to pay your subscriptions. You got all your subscriptions. You got your Netflix. And you got your, what happened? You got your Netflix. I'm making a mess of this, but there it is. All right. You got your Netflix, and you got Amazon Prime, and you got SiriusXM, and you got all that other stuff. And then, then what's left over is uh, your fun money. You got your, did I skip one? I can't remember if I skipped any. Oh, yeah, you, thank you, utilities. Oh, crap, we got to cut that in half. Okay, so utilities got to go out. You got to pay your utilities, they'll turn the lights off on you. You can't do that. Okay, now what's left over is your fun money. You got to have a little money. You got to have a little something to go out to lunch with. You need some, you got to go to Starbucks. You got to get a piece of pizza once in a while. You got to be able to go to the movies and do your thing, and that's what's up. Can I have a fork, please? Yeah, thank you. So you got to be able to go out and go to the movies and have a little fun, and that's what's up. And then what happens is that's, that's how a typical month goes, and then you show up to church, and you hear me talk about tithing. <laughs> and you go, <laughs> and what happens? You give God the crumbs. You give God the crumbs. That's what happens. You've been giving God the crumbs. Don't do that. Don't give God the crumbs. The only way you're going to be able to pull this off, if you want to do this, is with this other piece of pie. With this pie, which also represents your monthly income, you do this. We have carefully selected one-tenth. That's what a tenth looks like. That's one-tenth of your monthly income. With this, you say, not mine. This is not mine. I don't get to eat this. This I give back to the Lord. He claims it as his own, not for me. And you do that first. And then, you pay your mortgage. <laughs> and then, you make your car payment. Yeah, we're doing this right, Jordan. We got it down now. And then, you pay your taxes. And then you pay off your student loans. Yeah. Not really a slice, but figure it out. Okay. And then you pay your utilities. And then you pay your subscriptions. I'm just doing that. Off you go. And the crumbs are for you. The leftovers are for you. The leftovers aren't for God. The crumbs aren't for God. Everybody with me? 
if we're going to honor God, we've got to figure out how to prioritize it and then live on the rest. It's that simple. That's how it has to go down. Let's clap it up for Jordan real quick. Thanks, Jordy, for our team. I don't know if you knew this or not, but our church actually tithes. Our church, this organization tithes as, as an organization. 10% of what comes in goes back out as an offering to the Lord. It's been that way since our first day. Every month, we cut checks. Every month, we support other organizations, other churches that are getting started. We love churches. We help other churches get started. We help individuals in their ministries. We help individuals who just need help on Long Island. We give every year to Love 146, an organization working to stop the trafficking of young children. It's God's work, and we're behind them 100%. We love them so much. We support, yeah. We support Send Musicians to Prison, another organization, bringing light and hope and love into the, some of the darkest places on the earth. Every month, we cut them a check, every month. A couple months ago, I was with a friend of mine. Uh, we were talking. He happens to be a very generous friend. And uh, he was asking me how things were going with, uh, you know, the ministries that the church gave to. And he asked specifically about Love 146. And he said, you know, they came last June, and I know it's been a little tight, like, COVID-wise. What were we able to give them this year? And I said, we, we, gave, we gave Love 146. We, we cut a check in June. We cut a check for $30,000. And gave Love 146 $30,000. Just, we gave it away. We gave away $30,000. And he said something very interesting. He said, man, it's amazing that you guys had that much extra. And I said, it wasn't extra, bro. No, we had to prioritize that. We had to give that away and then just figure out how to tighten our belts and live on the rest. Because we wanted to be generous. We, it was a priority for us organizationally to honor God and to do this and to live outward bound. And it hurt. It wasn't an easy thing to do. But we believe God's continued to bless us week after week, month after month, and year after year as we honor him this way. It had to come first. And we've been doing this kind of stuff since the day we opened. We don't talk about it a ton. You're not supposed to draw attention to it. But I want you to know that I put my money where my mouth is personally on this, and our organization puts its money where its mouth is organizationally on this. I learned, we've been doing this now for our, 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 our whole run. Our church is 17 years old. I learned, we missed, we missed the milestone uh, it slipped by quietly because I honestly wasn't paying attention to it. Maybe we'll, we'll have a big party for the next one. I learned from our treasurer recently that this fall we gave away our three millionth dollar. This church. That's crazy. It's crazy to think that. This church has given away $3 million during its existence to bless other people and to, to model outward bound living and to honor God. And one or two of you might, if you're the, the most cynical among you, which I might be among you if I was sitting in the crowd, 
the most cynical among you might be thinking, yeah, you know, you were up there a couple of months ago talking about how tight it was around here as we finished the year. I bet you wish you had that $3 million back, don't you? Maybe you're thinking. Let me tell you something. Not on your life. Not on your life would I want that money back. No, no, and no. The, 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 the tithe, the honoring God is what gives me peace in the hard times. The tithing and honoring God is what allows me to walk in faith during the hard times. So I was talking to our executive pastor and to our treasurer and our executive team and talking about how things are going. Now, I don't live day-to-day in spreadsheets. That's not my world. We've got some people who are better at math than me doing that, which is a good thing for the church, believe me. So uh, I'm talking to these guys. They're like, it's getting real tight. Like, we might not be able to make payroll next time. Uh, We have to start staggering payments. It's cash flow is really tight. We're, We're right down to the felt. And I said, so be it. If that's where it is, then that's where God wants us. You know how I know? Because we're tithing. Because 10% of what comes in goes back out. That means we can count on God. That means we can trust God. That means we can put our faith in him right now, know that he's going to A, deliver us, or B, that the the hardship is, is something he intends for us. That we're supposed to learn something. Tithing is not a promise that things are never going to be tight financially again in your life. Tithing is a promise that if they are, you can know you can trust in God in that moment. And I wouldn't trade away that peace of mind for anything. Not for anything. So God's calling us to step out in faith, to do something different, to try it. Test him in this. Here's how tithing, here's how tithing typically works for people. If you, if you make $10, you give away a dollar. You make $100, you give away $10. You make $1,000, you give away $100. And when you make $10,000, you say, whoa. That's how tithing works. For most people. That's where it is. That's how it goes. That's how most folks operate. And I'm asking you guys, as you ponder this, to prioritize this, to set it aside first, to treat honoring God at least with the degree of priority that you would give to your gym subscription, which is automated, to your Netflix subscription, which is automated, to your mortgage, which is automated, to your car payment, which is automated. If you want to honor God, you're going to have to prioritize it. Now look it. When you walked in here for the first time, we were ready for you. Do you remember your first day here? Some of you are like, yeah, it's today, it's now. I'm here for the first time now. For you, I'm glad. But do you remember your first time here? I don't know what state you were in when you walked in. But some of you came in here broken. Some of you came in here in real trouble. Some of you were addicted to something. Some of you, your marriage was in tatters. Some of you were struggling and depressed and lonely and trying to find, just trying to reach out for some lifeline that could help. And it wasn't that your life changed the minute you walked in, but when you walked in, you found a cup of coffee and a bagel. And somebody said hello to you, and you sat down in that chair and took in a service that perhaps said something to you. And we were able to be ready for you because somebody ahead of you gave. Somebody you've never met. 
Somebody way ahead of you was faithful and gave sacrificially so that we could be ready for you. When you tithe, you help us get ready for who's coming next. And I hope that if you do that, when you walk in this building, it feels different. I hope you walk in this place and go, I'm helping keep this place open. I believe in this place. I want to see this place reach a lot more people. I'm excited to help True North achieve that mission and, and, and teach the people of Long Island to live an outward-bound life, to honor God and love others and serve all. I want to help this thing happen. I want to help people move along that path. And I hope that if you do, it feels different. I hope you walk in here and the whole thing, the, the whole thing just hits you different. Because there's ownership. Because you're taking some of what was yours and you're giving it away. You're honoring God. You're actually just returning to him what's his. The whole pie is his. And for some of you, here's what's at stake. You want to talk about the pressure Here's what's at stake right now. In this second, you could break generations of financial dysfunction and financial bondage right now. Has your family been financially dysfunctional like forever? You could snap that right now. You could change all of that for you and for your children and your grandchildren and your grandchildren's children's children. You could snap all of that right now by deciding you want to honor God in this area. It's that big a deal. And to help you put your money where your mouth is, we're going to put our money where our mouth is. For the next 90 days, we're doing something called the 90-Day Tithing Challenge. For the next 90 days, anything you donate to this church is not only tax-deductible, it's 100% refundable. Our church is offering you a money-back guarantee on your offerings if you decide you want to step out in faith and honor God, whatever you're doing for the next 90 days, if you need that money back, I know it's scary. You need that money back for any reason. A car repair, a new, even if you just change your mind and decide you want to upgrade your wardrobe, we'll just give you the money back. You have my word. All we ask is that you give in such a way that it's trackable. Within the next 90, we're that confident that when God says, try it, he means it. We're that confident that when God says, put me to the test, try this. We're that confident that he means it. And we're that confident that you're going to love the way it feels to live outward bound. Because for some of you, it's going to be the first time in your life you ever felt rich. You ever felt like you were really blessing the world around you and helping the world around you. And I can't wait for you to feel that. You don't believe in this place, you don't dig it, go try it. I can't promise you they'll give you a money-back guarantee, but go, go try it somewhere else. Give the money away someplace else. For us, for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to honor God, and I pray that you'll join me in that, and that's what, we're, that's what we're after. All right. Let's pray. Father, we love you, and we're, we're just so grateful, Father, for the opportunity to learn here, to grow, and, and Father, we're challenged by this. We all struggle with this. We all want to live inward bound, and we want to keep it all because there's always more stuff we want. We, we're so busy trying to get rich. We don't really know how to be rich, so we're, we're praying for faith. Lord, give us, some, some, give us a nudge. Help us step out on this. Help us to prioritize giving that we might discover what you want for us, that we might discover the joy of outward bound living and blessing others, and taking some of what we have
to share with the world around us, to return to you what you claim as yours. May this be so in my life. May this be so in all of our lives as we learn how to be rich. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks once again for taking the time to listen. It's an honor to have you with us. If you'd like to support our church financially and help us continue to put this content out there for free, that would be a really big deal to us. We're completely supported by the contributions of the people that come to our church. And if you'd like to help, you can do that online at truenorthchurch.net slash give, or you can do it with a text message. Just text the word TRUENORTH to 77977 on your cell phone, and you'll get a prompt leading you through how to do that. Thanks again for dialing in. See you soon. Bye-bye.